Hallelujah. I want to speak to today about arise. I started on Friday, and, and those for just 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 so quickly for the benefit of those that were not there. Otherwise, you can go listen to the whole rest of the sermon on YouTube. I said, arise, arise out of your self-pity. Get out, get up from your complacency. Get up from your fears. Get up from the old story and the past. Get up from procrastination. Get up from your hiding place. And, and, and today I want to talk about arise. Four things about the aspect that God was speaking to Gideon when he said to Gideon, arise. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the book of Judges. The book of Judges chapter 6. The book of Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 14. And, and the book of Judges chapter 7, verse 9 to 17. So Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 14 is where I will start. This is a story where Israel has sinned. And as they have sinned, God has brought them under captivity or the siege by the Amalekites and the Midianites. The Midianites were the bigger nation that sieged them at that time. Uh, and while they are under siege, while they are under siege at this time, Gideon is hiding, threshing his corn, and God comes to Gideon when in an angel appears to Gideon and says to Gideon this. He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. If you go to the King James Version, it says, mighty man of valor, or mighty warrior. Go to verse, verse 13. And verse 13, and Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is this befallen us? I need also to say to somebody, you need to get up from your excuses. Amen. Amen. Get up from your excuses. Many of us have excuses. Even when we are being told we are able, we still find excuses. Why not? Like Moses, God is saying to Moses, Moses, go and deliver my people. And Moses, Lord, but I, I stammer. I can't speak. Why do you think God didn't know that Moses stammers? He did. Or maybe some of us are like Jeremiah. God comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, I want you to be a prophet. And you know what Jeremiah says? He says, I'm too young. I'm too young. You're not too young. Amen. Some of you are saying, oh, I'll start preaching when I'm 50 or 40, whatever. Come on, you're, you're, that's too late. Start now. I will get into this thing when I, after two years, no, that may be too late, start now. Get out from your excuses. So Gideon gives an excuse and says, and the miracles be all his miracles. Where are they that we were told? You see, some of us are good to hide behind the things that are not happening. And say, well, we heard of them. They were from the past. They are not happening today. Where are you, O oh God? And I just need to tell somebody, God is saying, arise from that place of hiding behind that it was for the past. It is for now. When God is speaking to, to you and saying, you're a mighty man of valor, you're a warrior. He's talking to you about the now. 
your moment, where you are, is where God wants to start with you. Amen. Amen. And so he goes on and, and say, and Gideon said to him, oh, go, go to the next verse, go to the next verse. And, and the Lord brought us, go to the next one, I'll, I'll jump this one. Because he says, God, you have forsaken us. Maybe go back to that. But now the Lord has forsaken us. But now the Lord has forsaken us. Who are you that is saying, God, you have forgotten me? God says, I've not forgotten you. I've inscribed your name in the palm of my hand. I've not forgotten you. I know you by name. I've counted the hairs on your head. I know you by name. I know every specific detail about your life, says the Lord. I know who you are and the situation you are in and the place where you are. I know you. I have not forsaken you, says the Lord. Not forsaken you. I have not forgotten you. I do not forget. Can a mother forget the child that she has born? Even if she does forget, I, the Lord, do not forget. I am your maker. I am your creator, says the Lord. I, I formed you in the, in the womb of your mother. When nothing was there, I knew what was to become, says the Lord. Psalm 139, this is a message for someone. They said, Lord, you've forsaken us. Go now back to my verse 14 that I wanted to land. And the Lord looked upon him and said, I love that phrase. The Lord looked upon him. It's not like the Lord was not, was not looking at him all this while. He was. But when, when the Bible is saying the Lord looked upon him, it's saying the Lord made sure that Gideon was in connection with him. It's not so much about the Lord looking at him. It's much more about where was Gideon looking. That matters. So you need to see it the other way. It's now that more that as the Lord was speaking, he made sure that he had full attention from Gideon. And then he says to Gideon, he says to him, go in this thy might and save Israel. I love the fact that the answer that God gives is not the answer you would have expected to come after the accusation of God, you have forsaken us, God, you are not doing any miracles, God, we know we've heard you from the past, those are things. He doesn't address those things. And I want somebody in this house to understand that when God is, is speaking to us in the season, He's taking care of where you must go to. Not taking care of all the reasons that could have been from the past. And many times we are stuck trying to understand why did this happen? Why did this not happen? And why did it happen this way and not that way? And yet God is more interested about how you're going to move from this place and go forward. And so he says, arise. Somebody say, arise. Arise. Gideon, I'm sure Gideon would have wanted answers to his questions. Where are you, oh God? Look at me. A big, nice-looking brother, crushing corn in a wine press. Where are you, oh God? 
Our people have no joy. That's what he's saying. He has forsaken us, but God doesn't address the excuses and the complaints. He addresses the need that has come to bring into him to say, I know all these things, but now rise up, you mighty man of valor. Rise up with all your potential. Rise up with all the things that you have in you and begin to take action. Rise up with everything that's within you and take charge of your life. Hallelujah. I need to tell somebody, rise up. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, rise up. You're afraid to tap them. Don't worry, it's church. Rise up. You have power in you. He says to him, rise up and go in this thy might. Gideon is hiding. He doesn't even recognize that he has might in him. And so God says, rise up in your power. Oh, you are crying every day, but today I want to tell you, rise up and stop your crying and begin to face the thing head on. Hallelujah. Rise up. Rise up. Take charge. Take hold of it. Look at your thesis and say, I will get you through. Don't, don't be afraid of it. Go into the lab and say, today experiments are going to work. Rise up. Wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to work until my promotion comes. You need to rise up. They don't notice me in the office. Rise up and do something noticeable. Hallelujah. All these brothers that don't, don't see me, don't they see that I'm getting older? Rise up and do something that's going to make the brothers see you. <laughs> and the brothers sometimes need to rise up. <laughs> Put your shoulders up high. You think women want to be married to somebody with weak shoulders? Put your shoulders up. Let them see them. That's why God made you with broad shoulders. So that they can put their head on. But if they can't see that shoulder, rise up! Let your shoulders be seen. Hallelujah. So he says to Gideon, come on Gideon, rise up. You are going to be the one that's going to rewrite the story. Hallelujah. You can get the story rewritten. I said you can get your story rewritten. The story of your family can be rewritten. Or you've come in a poor family. You can be the change to your family. Hallelujah. You can be the change. You've come from a poor village. You can bring the difference to the village. I was listening to the, to the testimony or I, the testimony of your dad and, and about how, how he brought technology into the farming community. And I was sitting there thinking that will preach. And so I'm going to use it to preach today. Because, because you see, in, 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 while they were farming and using their animals and whatever else, he was busy thinking, how can I bring new tractors and new harvesters and new combiners to, make, to, make, to mechanize our agriculture? And that's why he has all those plushers, dairy farmer of the year. You know? And, 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 and I mean, I, 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 I always go into, into that bathroom where they have the nice plushers about the milk he was saying, say, wow, what a man. So when I heard his story about how he was saying, I'm going to make a difference to the community. You know the man has made a difference in the community. And you also can make a difference in the community. Yes. You can make a difference in your family. You can even make a difference to your wife. Mm. 
and to your children. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? But rise up. Rise up. So this is what God was saying. That, you know, Gideon, it's not time for you to be moaning and complaining and be mopping all the time. You need to rise up and go in this your might. Hallelujah. Amen. Rise up and go in this your might. There is power in you. There is power available for you to make a difference. And we can make a difference in Jesus' name. Say, I will make a difference. Is the beginning of rising up. I want you to, when God was coming to us, so, so then when you go to chapter 7, when you go to chapter 7, I'll, I'll speak on chapter 7 as, as we go. In chapter 7, Gideon has an army, and I spoke to the man about, about, about different types of men that you found that had gathered to Gideon when he rises up and starts to go to war. There were different types of men, some were afraid, some were confused, some were, you know, not so insightful, some were not so careful, all kinds of men that you find there. And then there were men that had insight, and there were men that had vision, and there were men that were faithful and loyal, and, 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 and Gideon was among those men that stood up to make a difference. And, and, and so I spoke to the men, so if your husband did not come to the meeting yesterday, please ask him, where were you? And, and those that are married and are afraid to ask, those whose husbands are around. If, you, if the brother, if you're sitting next to a brother, ask him, did you go to the meeting? <laughs> Let, let's not make them guilty. They're already guilty, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so God, God comes, to, God comes to, to Gideon and tells him to rise up. Number one, as God was telling him to rise up, he was telling him, rise up and do and, and begin to do things. Before he went into war to save Israel, God tells him to do particular things. The first thing that God tells him to do, and I want to just, just impress this upon somebody, so I go to verse 25 and 26. Gideon, Judges 6, verse 25 and 26. God tells him to do something after he is, you know, Gideon needed a bit of convincing, but we leave that for another day. Verse, verse 25 and 26. Just go back one, go back one. Verse 25. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. God is very specific. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asher pole beside it. Verse 26. Then build the proper kind of altar to the Lord. Don't just build any altar. Build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height, using the wood of the Ashokol that you cut down after the offer the second bowl as a burnt offering. Build an altar, a proper altar to the Lord. I, I believe God wants somebody to build a proper altar to Him. And that proper altar is about having a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Where it is not about religion. It is not about honoring Sunday service. It's about honoring Jesus Christ. God wants somebody to put an altar. Gideon was an Israelite. He was, he was there in the nation, but they were not worshipping God. They were worshipping other things. You know, some people can be in church and be worshipping other things. 
these guys here are naive, they are quiet. They didn't come to me. So, so some people are in church, but are not necessarily worshipping the same God. We need, to, we need to come to the place where we worship Jesus. I was just blessed, something was just blessed in my heart today as, as you sang song after song and there was the name Jesus throughout us. Because sometimes you come into church and people are singing beautiful songs, beautiful songs, and you are asking, is this for God? Is this for the Oh yeah, for the singer. <laughs> there are lots of beautiful songs that are sung in church today. And we can dance to them. You're with me, church. I was talking to, to someone says, in our church, we don't sing any other song now, only except Psalms. And I said, that is radical. That is radical. And so I asked, why do you do that? He says, ah, because we, we are starting to get all kinds of nice songs that even if, if you take them out of church and sing them there outside, it will still sound very churchy, but it's not church. I was talking to a pastor this week and he said, he, he went to, to a meeting where Richard Branson, you know who Richard Branson is? He's a philanthropist, the guy of Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Records and all kinds of Virgin things. Um, and, and he's not a Christian. He, in fact, he actually opposes a lot of Christian things. And then he was saying, he went to attend one of these seminars was about leadership and, and how to transform communities and young people. And he was speaking there. And, and, and so they had brought in a lot of thought leaders, people who think and have pushed the ideas and influence others. And there was also a Christian there amongst this panel of thinkers. And so while they were having this, this meeting, there was also music. And he says to somebody who's never, who's been in church and comes into this and hears some of this music, they could think that they've just come into another church service. Except that none of those songs were gospel. But, you know, the guys were playing nice guitars. Like you were playing when I said, keep on playing. Nice wee. And we all. and tears down our eyes. Because some of that music can make you cry. Mm. <laughs> I give you my heart, I give you my heart. Who are you giving your heart? <laughs> I give you my heart, I give you my heart. You know? It keeps on, give your heart, give your heart, I give you my heart. You. <laughs> to who are you giving your heart? God is saying build a proper altar. There is no proper altar if there is no Jesus. Hallelujah. I said there is no proper altar if there is no Jesus. It's not about the redeemed Christian church of God. If the redeemed Christian church of God does not have Jesus, get out and build a proper altar. Amen. It's not about our denomination. If all you have is a denomination without Jesus, get out and find Jesus. It's not about being in the church building because it's not the building that makes the difference. It's what's in your heart. And it's that which is in your heart that will bring you to the building. Did you hear what I said? So find Jesus. It's Jesus that matters. So he says to him, Gideon, 
before I start to do mighty things with you, build me a proper altar. Build me an altar. Build me a proper altar. The proper kind of altar. Because the altar has a way in which it must be built. The altar had a way in which the stones had to be put on top of each other. The altar had a way in which the wood had to be layered under it. The altar was not just another altar. It was different from the way Baal and all these other gods put their altars. And I want you to understand that you see there are so many altars, so many churches, so many religions. But there is a proper kind of altar. Amen. And the proper kind of altar has Jesus at the center. Amen. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the Jesus is the center of it all. Jesus is the center of it all. From where? Jesus. Hallelujah. Because some of us have more connection with me than with God. Be connected with Jesus. Why are you laughing? Because I made it too specific. But we be connected to Jesus. Because He is the center. And He, he must be your focus. So he says to Gideon, Gideon, if I'm going to bring revival into this place, you need to change some things. And the first thing that must change is your focus of worship. Is what it is that you give honor to. What is it that you give your heart to. What it is that you give your conscience to. Change it. That's why he had to break down the altar of Baal. 
so that their focus is no longer diluted, but the focus is, is really on that which is belangrike, the important one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why you needed to build a proper altar and you will find that proper altar in the Word of God. It is built by us going into the Word of God. So it's a relationship with God. It is, it is your fellowship with Jesus Christ. And I want to speak to somebody and say, beyond having a relationship with Jesus, yes, you are born again. Are you still in fellowship with Him? Because sometimes we get comfortable when people are, you a Christian? Say, yes, I am a Christian. But are you in fellowship with Him? Are you still growing closer? Is the love of Jesus still becoming sweeter by the day? Or it is now just a, a Christian because you come to church on a Sunday. <laughs> but we must be Christians on a Monday. Christians on a Tuesday. It's probably easy to be Christian on a Monday because you still have the fire of Sunday. But what about Wednesday? What about Thursday? And then Saturday you start again starting to be Christian so that Sunday can work okay. But what about Thursday and Friday? When Unitas has a party, are you still a Christian? When they invite you to go where they invite you, are you still a Christian? When you have forgotten the sermon of last Sunday, are you still a Christian? Are you still in fellowship with God? Are you still in connection with the Lord? Hallelujah. God is calling us to stay connected with Him. To stay in connection. This is why I said build an altar. And not only that. Take the wood and use it to give me a burnt offering. Use it to give me fellowship. So don't just build the altar and say it is enough. But put an offering on the altar. And this was a tough one. Because he had to go get his father's bull. And I'm sure the seven year old bull that God chose. I'm sure his father must have, must, must have been keeping this one as a choice one. For something special. If, if, I were his, if I were George Gideon's father, and if, if he had come to ask me, I would have said, take the old one. Take the older one. Because I may not need it anymore, but the young one still has strength. Don't you think? The young one still probably looks like still it is the best one. And so God is saying, are you giving me your best worship? Are you giving me your, the best of your fellowship? Or you give me the last few minutes of the day? The afterthought. Oh yeah, I, I'm already in my blankets now. Lord, I didn't pray, but okay, Lord, in the name of Jesus. <sighs> What's your fellowship like with God? What's your, what's your relationship still with God? Is it still in the right place? So my brother was praying in the, in the, in the night vigil on Friday. And, and yes, he was praying, he was praying in tongues, he was praying in tongues. And, you know, the, the brother just, just kept going on and on. And I thought, my God, this is the kind of brother I need close, close by. <laughs> I could have a competition with you. <laughs> but it's a good competition. Because we could go on and on and on. And let's see who stops first. And he was not stopping, you know. My 
goodness, I'm tired. I wonder how the church is feeling. You know, this is just going on. But I thought, my God, this is the kind of, of warmth that we need to have close to each other, to keep the fellowship up and going. Amen. And so I, I felt it right there. This is why it is so good when brethren come together to pray and are together united in the spirit. Because something was being revived and awakened in me. As he was praying. And, I, and, and, and so it spoke even louder to say on, on today I just need to encourage somebody to say, is your fellowship with God still in the right place? Or it has died down. The altar has no more fire. God says use the hood. Why? Because the hood is what brings the fire to consume the altar. So God is saying to him, arise, Gideon, and, and arise and worship me. Arise and, and serve me. It starts with the worship and then it moves to the service. Amen. Amen. Is your love, is, are you still having your first love? Are you still having your first love? No. God is knocking on you. Is your love for God hot or cold? Are you still having that first love? God desires to have fellowship with you. Like in Genesis chapter chapter 3, when he would come down, the Bible says he came down in the cool of the day to fellowship with Adam and Eve. But on this faithful sad day, he's calling, Adam, where are you? And Adam is hiding. Are you now in the hiding place where the relationship is broken? Today, God can restore that relationship. You can rebuild the altar of your life. Amen. Amen. Let me show you this. Just need to help somebody on this one. Go to Judges chapter 7. So in Judges chapter 7, I told you, it's a, he's selecting, he's selecting the, 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 the man, selects the man, and then, you know, go to verse, go to verse 10. Oh, verse 9. Start with verse 9. Let's start with verse 9. Now he selected from 32,000 men. He ended up with only 300. And then verse 9 says, During that night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up or arise. Go down against the camp because I am go going to give it into your hands. Verse 10. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. And listen. To what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Fura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. What's happening here is, 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 is often there are voices that are speaking all the time. There are people that are speaking into our lives in all kinds of ways. And I told you that you need to get away from the past. Amen. Tell your neighbor, get away from the past. And, and live in the present. Now Gideon is in the present. And the present scenario is that he must go and fight the Midianites. The Midianites are many. 
And I can tell you, there were many. The challenge was big. The, the issue was very great. Just like your financial situation is very big. Just like your emotional situation is too distressing. The doctor has now prescribed your pills to sleep at night. It's, it's huge. Yes. Or like your, 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 your PhD is facing challenges. Did I ever tell you that halfway through my PhD, one of the companies was told to get out of my project because one of the managers had been dishonest? They shut him down. As he was being shut down, they erased two years of my PhD work. And so you come back home praying and say, God, I'm busy preaching every Sunday. How am I going to preach that I failed my PhD? <laughs> well, that was my question that immediately came up when this happened. I was in Groningen working with this guy. And on my way back on the train, I was told you can't work with him anymore. And I thought, I've been coming all the way to Groningen. You know, Groningen is not so near. Two years. So I know the challenge sometimes is very big. Like somebody, your funders pulled out. How am I going to make this? The marriage is not working like they said marriage works. And you thought, Pastor must have lied. She's not cooking. And when she does cook, it's always bent. And Pastor says, ah, to be married, my wife cooks very How come my wife is not cooking? I know sometimes those challenges, your face with challenges, or they are saying, where, where, where are the sons coming? And all you do is girls, 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 girls. I was talking to a brother, he says, Pastor, I've got four girls now. And they are still asking, where is the son? Don't these people understand how my wife is, what my wife is going through? She almost died at the last fourth child. And still they come back and say, we want a boy, we want a boy. So I, I know sometimes the, the, the issues can be, can be challenging. Like Gideon was faced with an army bigger than him. And what does he have? 300 people. 300 people to fight with. And, and here, when I was reading this, the Lord just ministered to me on this. Can you put verse 10 and 11 together on your slide? The Lord just ministered to me about this and I just want to share this with somebody because I, I, it will help somebody. He says, if you are afraid to attack, I, I know you have risen up. I know you have stood up. But, but, but it seems, how do I start the attack? How do I start moving forward? Hear this. And the Lord says, go to the camp with your servant and listen to what they are saying. Listen to what they are saying. And here I, I thought, God, Often, if I hear, if I tell people my dream, so when I tell some people some of my dreams, people say, where are you going to get the money? <laughs> Have you ever, and, and, and you know, in my dream, my dream needs, should I tell you how much I need? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, only two people say, said yes, so I'll tell only those two people. <laughs> I, I, I need minimum 50 million euros for my dream. And like and see it on your faces. Say, you, pastor, where are you going to get the money? Where are you going to get that money? How do you, how do you even start to think about 50 million euro? When, when you, your job does not, my job does not pay me 50 million euro. 
If it paid me 50 million euro, I would not be dreaming. Because I would have it already. I would have bought this place a long time ago. But I don't have that. So, so you see, every time I tell people about that, they, they tell me about the challenges of getting money and the issues around, how, how is it going to happen? But, but you know, and then I know, I know. Just speaking to somebody the other day, he said, ah, pastor, you don't understand. So what is it that I don't understand? You, you, pastor, you just don't understand my situation. It's different from yours. <laughs> I can't deny it. It's your situation. It's not mine. <laughs> but, but, but God, God sent here to, to, to Gideon, go down where? To the enemy's camp. Go down to the enemy's camp. He doesn't say go to your brethren because if you go to the brothers, the brothers might discourage you. <laughs> it's good to be with brethren. They will strengthen you. But sometimes it is the people that you think will strengthen you. Like when I started preaching. And I told my parents I'm a preacher. They said, what? You, you think we have sent you to school, paid all these fees, sweated to find the money for you just to be a preacher, man? I said, no, it's okay, mom. I will preach and do other things as well. But they flipped out. When you thought they were going to, oh, praise God. At least we have a son who's not a drunkard and a drug abuser. They didn't think about all those. They just thought, how can you be a preacher, man? And then when my dad got a report that I was preaching in a bus, oh my goodness. That was like, uh, how, what, did I, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Others who should be, ex should be excited that they have a preacher. But, but, so you understand what I'm saying, church? That sometimes, it's not always anything, everything you hear, but hear this, nonetheless. God says, go to the enemy's camp. Do you think the enemy will encourage you? Ordinarily not. But here, God does something. It says, go to the enemy's camp. You will hear something that they are saying in the camp of the enemy, and you will be encouraged. What was it that he heard? So he goes down into the camp, and, and let, let, me, let me just show you this so that you, you can say, it's pastor is not making up this story. <laughs> So go, go, jump to verse 13. Jump to verse 13. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream to his fellow. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came to the tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay alone. And his fellow answered. So two guys, uh, two fighters. These are not ordinary men. They are two fighters of the, of the Midianites. And this guy says to his friend, This is nothing else but the sword of who? Can you put your name there? This is nothing else but the sword of? Here is now Gideon who had been thinking, I am nothing. I am not able. Who are struggling still with the idea of being called a mighty man of valor. And here now, he's been good to obey God to this point. But God just does something in this moment and says, hear what they are saying. They are already afraid of you. 
before you even come the people are already afraid of you how does somebody who dreams a dream about bread how does it become interpreted to say this is Gideon coming to fight us but you see it is what God does when he wants you to know that you have more power inside of you that you have more potential in the inside of you so you would go into the coffee room and while you are in the coffee room you would suddenly hear people say ah do you know what Farah is going to graduate very soon and you are thinking how I still have two years to go why are they saying I'm going to graduate very soon why is God causing you to hear those things he's making you hear those things so that you can be encouraged has somebody ever gone into a place and have heard them speaking something about you that seems contrary to your situation or am I the only one I went in the other day and somebody said to me, um, you, you are, you, you're going to get what you are asking for. And I've been thinking, it has been denied already several times. Why are you saying that? Say, ah, you, you will get it. I know they've denied you, but you will get it. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this person telling me this? It's because God is using them to encourage you. I want you to go out of this place today going with the sensitivity to hear the things that people are saying that are positive about you so that you can shut away the things that are negative about you. It's very easy for us as people to hear the negative things. You can't, it can't, it will not work. You will struggle. Like the day when I, when I was trying, when we were going to have a baby and I told some colleagues of mine and they said, how can you have a baby when you are doing a PhD? Do you know how, that, how, how much work it needs? I ended up having two of them. <laughs> But you see, if I had listened to those voices, I could have missed the young boy Anotina because it was his time to be uh, with me, hurt people. If you see, somebody said to me, someone said to me one time, get a license. I, I, I thought, why are you telling me to get a license? It's still so far away before I could even afford a car. But because this person has said, get a license, I went against all odds. Everything fighting against me to get a license. Why? Just because I had heard a word that just said, get a license, it is good for you. So all the negative things, all the bad things, I shut them out because of one good word. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that all you need is one good word from the Lord that can change and transform your life. And that is what you need to hear. Can your ears hear more that which God is saying to encourage you than that which is being said to discourage you? It's very easy to hear discouragement. Especially if you open the news. If you watch the Lost Journal and then you flip to CNN and then you go, everything is negative news. If it's not negative news about your life, it's about a flood somewhere. And, and, you know, news can be so depressing thing. Will we ever make it? In Iran, they're having floods right now. And you think Iran, in the middle of the desert of all places, they're having floods. What is going on? It's enough to discourage you. But can you find a positive story somewhere that will lift you up? And this is what God was doing to Gideon. And this is the message for someone. 
you have listened to enough negative news. Now it's high time you crossed over into the enemy's camp and hear the enemy saying, I am afraid of you. And hear the enemy say, saying, you will succeed. Where others have failed, you will succeed. Can you hear the enemy, the, the, the enemy saying, ah, this one is a problem for me. You see, while my, while my family was struggling with the fact that I'd become a preacher, I knew, I knew when, when I, when one time I was praying for someone, and the, per, and the, the person, and, and you know, the, the person said, you know, it's, 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 it's very unconventional, and then this person said, brother, thank you, you should keep on preaching. And I thought, while others are saying, don't preach, somebody I've helped right now says, keep on preaching. So what did I do? Oh, yes, I'm saying that to you now. I kept on preaching. I'm sure there are people who would have said, stop, stop playing this keyboard. If you came out from a family like me, they said, how can you be learning keyboard? Don't you know that others go to school to get PhD in mathematics and you are busy learning keyboard? I don't know if that was the same situation of your family. Mine was like that. How can you make a career out of music? They said, but some people are famous because of music. But if it, that is the voice that speaks, you need to find a voice that says you can make it. I want you to stand on your feet with me. So Gideon goes in and hears, hears the man speaking. And when he hears the man speaking, he comes back. Verse 15, can you put verse 15? And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation of it that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord is delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Just one word, just one positive word that changed the trajectory of Israel. But it was a positive word that Gideon was holding on to. I want us to pray.